Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. To subscribe to the podcast, visit streetlevelradio.com and click on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Street Level Radio. You know, I think we all would certainly be surprised if we planted corn in the ground and pumpkins came up. But it probably would not be a surprise if you gossiped about your friends and soon found out that you had no friends. It's kind of the law of life, really, both physical and spiritual, that you reap what you sow. Every action has results. If you plan to please your own desires, you're going to reap a crop of sorrow and evil. If you plan to please God, however, you will reap joy and everlasting life. What kind of seeds are you sowing uh, in the soil of your life today? Last time we were together, we left off in the middle of Galatians 6, verses 7 and 8. So let's pick it up again. Those verses read, Don't be misled. Remember that you can't ignore God and get away with it. A man will always reap just what kind of crop he sows. And if he sows to please his own wrong desires, he'll be planting seeds of evil and will surely reap a harvest of spiritual decay and death. But if he plants the good things of the Spirit, he will reap everlasting life, which the Holy Spirit gives him. Now, the way to battle sin, the way to battle our flesh, is to starve it out. Let me give you an example. If you have a bunch of mean dogs, which one survives and which is really the baddest of them all? Well, of course, the one you feed the most. There is no profound metaphorical meaning here. It says what it means and you can take it to the bank. And it'll happen just as this passage promises. It is a truth that has proven itself in our culture, in our marriages, in our financial management, in our childbearing, in our service to God, etc., etc. Hosea 8.7 says, Sow the wind, reap the whirlwind. Job 4.8 says, Those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. Now, I want you to note that despite its broad and general use, there is a specific application of this truth as it appears in this passage. Context, context, context. And the context in which it was given was in the realm of supporting those who teach and lead the church. So this principle that Paul is laying out here, while very basic and obviously very factual, seems to be something we inevitably want to fight against. The denial of this issue just simply proves our stubborn spirits and our hard hearts. It's not like we need to go to a lab and put this premise through extensive testing to see if it actually plays out. Look, Paul already called us to back up and hang tight with good teachers. And when we sit under the teaching of false teachers like the Galatians have been doing, or if we attend to leaders who fail to give the scripture the teeth it is due, well, we are eventually going to reap the consequences and it's not going to be good. Every aspect of our lives suffer from lousy and gutless teaching or lousy, gutless shepherd's care. Easy teaching I know it's generally more palatable. It's certainly easier to plant. However, man, when that day comes to harvest, we're going to find it grew all sorts of stuff that nobody wants to eat. Paul is warning them not to be deceived. And you know, once someone is in that place, man, it is really hard to get them out. Back in chapter 3 of this letter, Paul called these people fools. That's where this takes us. 
It takes us into the cul-de-sac of stupidity. And a sad fact is that age clearly doesn't help either. Man, I've seen those in the latter years of their lives who have attended church nearly all of their lives get extremely deceived and ripped off, as well as young people who had it all going for them. We're on the path to having God uh, show them these great things that he had created them for. Those who were living life large for Christ, and then they threw it all away. And it doesn't matter what age. They threw it all the way to follow all the other hordes of sheep down the same beaten down road of emptiness and shallow thrills. Look, the fact is today, deception is always easy to find. But truth, well, that takes investment. Obadiah chapter one, verse three, grabs this fact and lays it out there for us. Says, the pride of your heart has deceived you. Sadly, we don't need any help getting stupid, do we? All we have to do is get prideful, and stupid always follows. So, how does this happen? How do we deceive ourselves? How do we walk out of service after service, quick to state, wow, that was a great service, a great Bible study, but our life and behavior doesn't change according to it? We deceive ourselves into thinking that because we know the facts, that that means we're really growing. Because we know the facts, we're really operating, we're really cranking it out as Christians. But you know what? How often we have deceived ourselves because we're not producing any fruit, just pride. The information in our head never reaches any practical outlet in our hands and feet in order to live it out. And then, if we don't ultimately bring down ourselves, well, there's always the false teachers out there <laughs> waiting to get us. I mean, we see the fallout of their work all the time. Jesus in Matthew 24 warns us that they're out there, but few of us are as careful as we should be. Because again, our pride never wants to let us believe it could happen to us. You know, some years ago, an article was written concerning the American author and journalist Ernest Hemingway. And the article made the statement that Hemingway, well, had proven that you could do everything you wanted to do with no consequences. I mean, after all, he had won the Nobel Prize in Literature. And the article stated, quote, the old Victorian ideas of the Bible, that the wages of sin is death, end quote, and that, quote, what you sow you shall reap, end quote, well, they've all been proven to be a lie. Hemingway has done this, and he's done that, and he's done the other thing, and he talked about his lack of morality, and so forth, and so on, and heaped the praises upon him. But then 10 years later, to the very month that that article was written, Hemingway put a bullet through his brain and killed himself. And then to make things worse, 35 years later, his granddaughter Margot Hemingway killed herself, quote, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations, end quote. Look, the fact remains today. What you sow, you will reap. Even if you manage to avoid Hemingway's end, there's always gonna be death and eternity waiting for each and every one of us. And you know what? It comes so fast and it comes most assuredly. We read in Daniel chapter five, verses 22 and 23, quote, you, his son Belshazzar, you have not humbled your heart, though you knew all this, but you've lifted up yourself against the Lord of heavens, end quote. You see, he knew that the true God ruled just as you know it today. But he lifted himself up against the Lord of heaven 
and he reaped what he sowed. That was a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. For more information on Pastor Tim Dodson or Believer City Church, visit believerstogether.com.